it's another week of the Coach Mac podcast, and we are talking about the Chippewa's first couple of scrimmages during spring practice. We get Coach Mac's thoughts on the offense and defensive side of the ball so far. Our guest this week is first-year wide receivers coach Alvin Slaughter, and you're going to love to hear his energy and enthusiasm. He really brings it in his interview. We are recording this on Masters Sunday, so we talk about that. A new game coming up for the Chippewas with an in-state foe, and also a new rule in the Mid-American Conference regarding transfers. All that and more coming up on this week's episode of the Coach Mac Podcast. Coach Mac, we're back. The podcast continues on. How are you doing? Doing great. And, uh, boy, we had a great day today out there. Went in the stadium. We got a bunch of situational live stuff done. And, and uh, you know, it, it was fun to see. I think, I think our team's really starting to take shape. Tell us a little bit about the scrimmages, the most recent practices, because yeah. I know Easter weekend was a big one for yeah, you guys. Yeah, that, that was a huge one. And, and it was great to see our guys. In fact, it was funny afterwards uh, – I don't know, we were up somewhere around 138 to 147 reps, somewhere in there. I can't – there were a couple situational things that went on. But, you know, I talked to our guys, and, and it was like, remember that first scrimmage when I first got here, and you guys couldn't make it halfway through. And, uh, you know, credit to Joel and his staff and what they've done in preparation because the guys did a great job of handling the, um, you know, the amount of work that we had to do and, and – uh, no, it was great to see, and and today uh, you know, we got in 133 plays, uh, total situational, one move it, um, but the rest of them all situations and and uh, some things we needed to work on specifically and get on film live. Uh, I thought the guys really attacked it well, and you know a couple groups kind of stood out. You know, I think you know, our running back room, which I've kind of talked about, is is one that that I think in particular uh, we've got a lot of really good bodies there. Obviously, uh, Lou Nichols has done a fantastic job as he's moving forward. Uh, you know, we're aware of what Kobe can do. But when you start to really look at from a depth standpoint there, Darius Bracey has uh, done some unbelievable things. You know, we moved him a year ago because of depth uh, from the secondary. It's actually hurting us in the secondary from a depth standpoint. But – uh, he's done some really good things and brings great leadership as well. And I'll tell you, these three rookies, you know, in, in Marion Lukes and Miles Bailey and, and Jordan Ingram, um, you, know, I'm, you know, I wish we would have had those guys last fall. You know, <laughs> wouldn't have sent them home. But uh, um, in the long run, it's going to help us. It's going to be good for the chips. I think these are three young guys that, that – uh, are really going to help us uh, in the long run and when we'll play this season. What specifically do you like about those three? I, their versatility and how quick they picked up the protections. Usually that's the one thing, you know, that young guys uh, struggle with. <clears throat> so you don't have to take them off the field during blitz situations. Uh, they're really getting it. And their ability to catch the football out of the backfield and – get into formations to where they can actually run routes and hopefully get them isolated. Um, really, uh, I, I'm, I'm just really surprised. I mean, uh, we knew they were good players. I just didn't, th didn't think they'd pick it up this quickly. How do you manage a running back room like that where you know you've got two guys that are proven, but then you've got talent behind them coming into this next year? Well, I think that's one of the things you do in spring is figure out your personnel groups to get your best 11 on the field. And, uh, 
you know, we've, we've been tweaking some things here and there and yet running, you know, the base packages uh, just so they feel comfortable uh, whether they're in the backfield, whether they're in an offset, whether they're in a hip, whether they're flexed out, you know, whether they're in the slot, whether they're out by themselves. Um, those are all things that you do, and, and it gives you that ability now to uh, really be creative with your personnel groupings. How about the guys that hand the football off to the running yeah, backs? How'd no, they look? I thought it was good. I thought Jacob took some big steps this week. I think he f- looked a lot more comfortable today. But, you know, both those guys are doing a good job. And, and uh, you know, I keep this, this Tyler Pape guy, I'm, uh, you know what, I think our hunch was right on him. Uh, when we recruited him, and and uh, he's going to help the chips in the future. Now this guy's uh, this guy's going to be pretty special. And I know you you talked about it a couple of weeks ago. You feel really comfortable with the group you've got at quarterback heading into this season. Yeah, no, I feel good about it, and we'll add some depth here. Uh, you know, coming out of uh, <clears throat> coming out of this, we'll we'll get another freshman in here, and now we'll get get our numbers up you know, in that room with, with some quality guys. How about on the defensive side, Coach? What stood out to you about uh, the scrimmages from that unit? You know, I, I, I go back. I, I think we are really developing some, some great depth at the, at the linebacker spot, which is going to allow us to possibly be a little more diverse in what we're doing from a front standpoint. And, uh, you know, looking at that, I think this Marcel Lewis is, is – really done a good job coming in. You know, he was kind of dinged up when he first got here. I was like, yeah, you know, typical transfer guy, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, yet I think when he realized that this wasn't going to be a cakewalk, he's, he's really stepped his game up, and I think he'll really help us uh, as, we're, as we're moving down and, and uh, moving along. You know, George and, and Troy, <clears throat> obviously a lot of reps there. I think – um, you know, G. Willie finally has gotten back. We moved him over, you know, now, and he's playing his true linebacker spot. But he's just now starting to get healthy. So <clears throat> this next week will be a big test to, for him to see where, where he's going to fit. And, um, you know, Whiteside keeps making plays, and, and I'm happy with that. And, and as we kind of look at some of those young guys, um, let me tell you, this, this Moretti guy uh, on the inside is, is really going to help us. And I know you mentioned that in order to kind of diversify your defense, you'd love to get some pressure up front where you don't have to do blitzes, and it sounds like yeah. you've got some pieces that are coming together here. Well, you know, the Incombe, Thomas Incombe, um, you know, the transfer in here, um, tell you what, he, he is uh, – he, he, people in the MAC are going to figure out who this guy is. He's, he's uh, very active. He'll take a lot of heat, um, you know, off of Troy – you know, on that other side, <clears throat> which will help him be more productive as we go. Amir Sadiq keeps growing and getting a little bit better. And, and you know, obviously we're still without Laquan and, and Max Saylor, who we knew weren't going to be here. <clears throat> but at the same time, uh, Quindario Lee um, gives us a size guy, and I'm really happy where Quindario's uh, kind of working for us right now as well. Uh, and Coom and Lee, two guys that are out of the transfer uh, slot. Fort Scott, CC, Valdosta State, very good D2 football program. Coach, we know it all starts up front. And on the offensive side of the ball, know there's been some injuries there that uh, have 
created probably some more opportunities here in spring. So tell us about the offensive line under Mike Cummings. Well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Luke Kadecki obviously is, is out, and we know what he can do, and he's a great player, and we just need to get him back, which he'll be, you know, full go here in the summer as well as Danny Matowski. Um, but with that, what it's really allowed us to do is get some guys some reps. I think Jamez Kimbrough at uh, bar none has really stepped up and become the true leader of that group. And that's what you want out of your center. And yet the way we've kind of been working, creating depth, I mean, he's done some really good things at tackle too. Now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of been shocked, but, uh, you know, that's been really good and, and really happy about Jamez. I think he's found a true home and, and is going to be a, a really good player for us. Um, you know, Bernard Raymond, uh, he's an NFL guy. Um, you know, he's a surefire guy that'll that'll make it and will play in that league and, and be successful. Um, he's been having a really good spring. Uh, Pal Woods working both on the inside and the outside. I've been I've been happy to see kind of where he's starting to progress to and become the player that we feel like he can be on an every snap basis has been has been fantastic. Uh, you know, a guy that that uh, is Vashon Bailey. I um, you know he just it it kind of kind of goes to show you you know those old linemen man it takes some time you know mm -hmm. that it isn't an instant uh, come in and play you know you get a couple here and there that are like that but at at a university like this and a level like this you you've got to develop them. And uh, I'm really happy with what he's been doing uh, moving forward. And, and uh, you know, Smitty's back, and, and he helps you now play both guard and tackle. And uh, his true spot is guard, but uh, he's been able to get some center reps and, and some things which are going to help us. And, and I already talked about Keegan Smith, the true freshman. Um, uh, he's a little banged up right now. We held him out today, but uh, he'll he'll – make a lot of he'll play a lot for us sounds like it's early here obviously <clears throat> and you got some spring ball left to go and a lot of work before the season comes but seems like you and the coaching staff you guys like this group you've got I do and and I talked to them today you know I mean it doesn't matter how much I like them it's really how much they believe in themselves and what they're willing to sacrifice now as we get towards the end of spring ball and decide who we're going to be in the summer you know, truly, in the summer is how your team is, is built. And, you know, those guys decide between each other what they're willing to do uh, to make the best out of the upcoming season. And, you know, like I say, as a coach, I, I, I feel very comfortable with the parts, uh, the pieces. Now, where it all comes together and how the team comes together, especially when we add now another 20-some uh, guys come in in June, uh, and some of those guys are going to help us. So, um, you know, I do feel like uh, we've got some pieces, we've got some parts. Um, now, you know, it's really, it's really going to be where they want to take it and, and what they're willing to sacrifice to become the best they can be. Kind of a weird question, just given the circumstances. Well, if it's a weird <laughs> question, then why the heck are we asking it? You know, this is my job. <laughs> I got to do this. I got you. Uh, it's well, that is a weird question. You <laughs> haven't even asked it. But go ahead. Year three, year two and a half, however you want to call it. But you basically are getting year two. Year two, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, I mean, it's and I talked to our guys. I mean, look, what what everybody's been through. Um, you know, you, you approach it however you want. 
And the way I explain to our guys is it's, look, here's the opportunity to, cl- to reclaim a lost year. Um, you know, I turned 59 this year, and technically I'm still 58 because – Still in your 50s. It, I'm, I'm reclaiming that year. It didn't <laughs> – it, it, it had nothing – they had no bearing, I mean, and, and for anybody. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking at it as, you no, know, this is year two. Let's go get it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with that, uh, you basically bring in two new recruiting classes because you gray shirt the guys, and then you, as you mentioned, will have another crew come in in summer. So – Depth-wise, from when you first got here to obviously being shorthanded last year to now, is this where you want to be and then some? Cause well, I think we're getting there. Yeah. You know, I, I feel real good. To, you know, our roster balance is much better. Um, you know, I think we're still a little short in the secondary, not quality but quantity right now. Uh, so we've got to do a good job. You know, some of these guys coming in, uh, you know, we need to get them to step up. And I'm just talking from a sheer numbers standpoint. Um, but the balance on the roster, what you hope is by year three, you're able to answer some of those deficiencies in those specific rooms um, just from a number standpoint. And obviously it's up to us to develop the quality. But, um, you know, I, I'm, I feel good about going into year two. And, uh, you know, maybe we got a little uh, extra kind of practice, uh, you know, but uh, – Truly, just going back and trying to reclaim uh, what we all lost is is really the way that, that we're trying to approach it. 59. Uh, no, 58. You're, uh, you're no, I reclaimed it. Oh, so I, I can reclaim 28 then. Yeah, whatever you wanted to. I just you, wanted I mean, to get in look, here. And what you told me, this is our podcast, <laughs> so we can do whatever the heck we want to do. So I've just reclaimed it. So I'm actually I'm on 58 again. I just wanted to make sure I point out you're exactly 30 years older than me to, to tell you you're an old man. Is That's that is that with the reclaim? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> That's with the reclaim. Sounds like rebate, reclaim, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I no, I get it. However that works. Um, yeah. I love it. Just I hope when it. Medicare kit catches in, I go ahead and add that year. How's that? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. you got to use it to your benefits. <laughs> yeah. But right now it's technically just 58. 58, and, uh, well, we are excited for that coming up year that uh, – you know, we, we lost uh, mm-hmm. getting the non-conference, getting a full conference slate, starting at a normal time, all of that. Can't wait for it. And um, with that season coming up, the Mid-American Conference actually announced last week a little tweak, which has been the norm in college athletics, this transfer portal coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been crazy, but the Mac comes out and has said, okay, we're going to go with the NCAA mm-hmm. and you can now transfer within the conference same year and not have to sit out. What were your thoughts when you saw that? Yeah, no problem. I mean, uh, you know, I just want the guys to be happy. And, uh, you know, the, the, the downside about all this is the kind of behind the scenes in the dark alley uh, kind of side recruiting that goes on is, is what what is sad. And yet at the same time, it is what it is. So you don't, you know, you don't worry about it. Um, you know, we've never denied a kid – a transfer anyway and and we had a first year we had somebody do that and I didn't have a problem you know I mean whatever I just wanted to be happy and obviously wherever they're at um, if they choose to go in there's a reason um, and you don't worry about it you worry about what you have on your team and, and the ones that really care and want to be here and what what I'm worried about just overall 
um, I'll be interested. And it'll take us, you know, to get a sample size, it'll take us a couple years here. But to see those kids that jump in and maybe don't get a place to go. Yeah. Um, or maybe find out, you know, <laughs> this really isn't what I was all cracked up to be. Um, that That's what I just think in some ways it hurts the kids. And yet at the end of the day, you know, I just want them to be happy. And, uh, you know, maybe it's not a way they like it or maybe they think whatever. You worry about the people that they have in their ear. Uh, and then sometimes you wonder if it's really their choice or somebody else's. Do you like it better? Because you've seen it from both sides as a coach where it's taken – a year of sitting out and it's not been as easy for these student athletes to transfer to where they want to go as to opposed to now where it's going to be much easier. Do you prefer this way or does it not matter to you? I mean, it's the rules. So who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't really matter what I think. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it is what it is and, and you work through it. Um, I think there's going to come a time where we're going to have to really look at the hard cap of taking 25 based on the kids you lose uh, because through attrition sometimes it's hard to catch back up when you have that you know the 25 signee limit um, and I think that can hurt a lot of schools mm -hmm. uh, to where it, it, it's hard to catch back up um, and yet you know whatever they decide to do will work with it um, it just boils down to you know I think um, you know I think it's really kind of almost uh microcosm of of the way things are right now if it doesn't work out for you leave right uh instead of let, let's maybe try to fight through it and right. see, see what you can do uh face some know, of that adversity yeah and, push and through. you know i mean we you're brought up different at different times and and uh yet at the same time you know you shouldn't have to hold them here and uh, you know whatever they want to do it's that the, the downside again as i talk about really the dark side of all this that people don't see what's going on behind the scenes is you have a lot of people putting in their recruiting departments an extra different recruiting department that does nothing more than evaluate and search different players in different conferences uh, within the conference, some that maybe regionally, you know, might have a reason they want to get back, whatever that is. No, you can't go recruit them. But you can certainly get the word out to, you know, you know, some guy on the street. Say, hey, why don't you spread the word a little bit that this guy wants to come home. We've got a scholarship for him. Or, hey, we need a spot. You know, we need some depth at this spot or whatever that might be. And then when that stuff, I, I no coaches are, eh, I say that. I mean, there's some that do. But <clears throat> that's who they are. That's what they choose to do. That's okay. But. You know, you have relationships, say, with a player through recruiting. Maybe you go to a different school. Now, all of a sudden, you know, that relationship, hey, why don't you come over here, you know, we need you or whatever. That's the seedy, shady side of this whole deal that is not good. And yet at the same time, um, you know, there, you can't worry about it. <laughs> you just say, go do it and, you know, best of luck. And if I can help you, let me know. Well, and I think, too, for mid-major schools, it's kind of like we hope that our guys have good years, but also you kind of have to be wary. If they do, maybe some of those bigger schools come looking for them because they had a good year. Well, I mean, that's already happened in the two years we've been yeah. here. Uh, so, 
and uh, you know that that is what it is. Yeah. And yet, at the end of the day, you know those guys didn't want to be here, so that's okay. We're, we're like everybody. We'll play with the guys who want to be here. We want to have chips that are yeah. in and uh, certainly excited about the group that we've got. The other news that came out is uh, we see that uh, a deal got done down in Ann Arbor and yeah. up here in Mount Pleasant. Make really excited about that. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to thank Coach Harbaugh and Ward, their athletic director, Ward Manuel. Um, you know, it's something Coach Harbaugh and I actually had been talking about. Um, and, and he was a proponent. And I'll give him this. You know, they can go take whoever they want and buy a game. But, you know, for – us schools that are in that footprint, uh, I think it's great for our fans. Uh, it's something, you know, I've talked with Amy about. Obviously, we've got to go play these games to help all the other sports in our budget, and, and I get it, and, and that's the way it is. But I would rather do that in a regional capacity where maybe our fan base can, you know, possibly go see some of these great venues and, and be a part of it and uh, for our kids. Uh, I, I, I think it's fantastic. So, you know, I want to thank uh, Coach Harbaugh and Ward um, for stepping up and helping the chips, and, and it's big. I mean, um, you know, schools like us, we have to go play those games. I know the fans would love to see one of those guys come here and play, but that, that those days are over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just not going to happen, and, uh, and yet that's okay. I mean, it is what it is, and, and we know as a football program, you know, we've got to go out and play these games because it's the one way that we can bring money back to our athletic department to help support the other sports that are within the, the department. With the process, just because it is unique, you, you worked for Coach Harbaugh. You obviously have a relationship with him. Is well, and, and Amy has a great relationship with Ward, yeah. um, you know, that goes back uh, a ways. So, um, you know, when we talked about scheduling, I I, I just felt it was important for us to try to at least get these regional games, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, our footprint, you know, which is obviously in, in kind of that Big Ten uh, market and, and with Notre Dame obviously being in that, um, I just really think it's good. I think it's good for our program, and most importantly, I think it's good for our fan base uh, for us to be able to go play those. And, and, and you know, we'll pursue those and, and yet – Sometimes what happens is those guys feel like, oh, well, shoot, you're a bus right away, so we're going to cut the pay. Well, the heck with that. We'll go somewhere else, right? right. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, uh, we've got to do what's best for us. But in, in part of what's best for us is to go get some of these games so we can help the rest of the department function. Well, pretty crazy to think about. You talk about teams that are basically in your backyard. We They've played Michigan State recently, but mm-hmm. 2013, the last time uh, CMU went to the big house, and it'll be the first time ever that CMU and Notre Dame play. So not only are they regionally and close, it, it's been a while since uh, we've seen these matchups or maybe the first time ever with the Notre Dame game. No, and I think it's fantastic. I, I, and like I said, I, I, uh, I, really, I, I, I really think as these schools schedule and – Look, I've been on the other end of it. Um, you know, we, you know, where you uh, have some payday games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what you're going to get by filling up your stadium and with your suites. You kind of know what the, the game day expenditure is and and what you're going to recoup from that, no matter what you pay somebody. And uh, you know, we were part of uh, <clears throat> when I was at Florida. I scheduled a game with Eastern Washington University, uh, which is my alma mater. And 
Why'd I do it? I mean, that's as far away from Gainesville as there is, and yet you know, it was a way for me to try to give back to them to help their yep. program. Well, as a uh, as a junkie of visiting new stadiums and getting the opportunity to call games in these bigger venues, uh, Notre Dame, Michigan, <laughs> the, Michigan State, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I thank you, Amy yeah. Fuller. Well, That's no, awesome. here's, here's the bad part. <laughs> you're going to get up there and say, why isn't my home box like this to call a game, right? <laughs> you're you're going to be you're going to be coming back. Now, wait a minute. This was the visitor's booth. Can right. you imagine how nice this thing was? Uh, you football know? So, program got the yeah. Chippewa Champion Center. Yeah. What do I get? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> No, it's certainly uh, going to be a ton of fun. They're looking forward to those games coming up with those regional schools and uh, great for the fans to go out and check out those venues. Coach, we got another new staff member that we're bringing in that uh, is joining you for the first time this year coming up here. Yeah, I'm, uh, really excited about it. Alvin Slaughter. I've uh, known him a long time, and, and uh, he's all the way back at Alabama when I recruited his high school. He was the head coach at Monsignor Pace down in Miami. Um they went to Clarion University, where he's already, as a young man, in Hall the Hall of Fame. Of fame. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, as both a, a football player and a track guy, um, I just knew what he could bring to that room and, and what he's done for young men over his life. And, uh, man, we're excited about his enthusiasm and excited for the fans to get to know him. I don't know if you've seen him recently. I know he works in the same building as you, but it looks like he could still play a little bit. Well, you know? I do know this. He was fast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he held some 100-meter uh, records, uh, you know, both in high school, I believe, and, and then down at, at Clarion, you know, Division Two wise in fact, ran in the national championships uh, in track. So uh, uh, maybe some of that speed will rub off. Well, let's welcome in our guest. He's the first-year wide receivers coach, Alvin Slaughter. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me on the show, Coach. <laughs> I, I, well, I'm going to tell you this is big stuff now. What, <laughs> right. uh, we, we did decide that we were in double figures listeners, yeah. right? So well, Whether that's yeah. accurate I mean, or not, we're going with it. We're going with it. We're going with it. Okay, going with it. Yeah. okay good. I don't know. I, I'm kind of thinking we're actually over 20 now. Yeah. Because I actually had somebody at practice the other day say, I'm glad the podcast was back. And I said, do you listen? And absolutely, they said, yes. Awesome. How about that? Are you lying to I'm me? I'm not. <laughs> I mean, it was on Scott. Now, it was... Albert Karshney's dad, <laughs> you know, but it doesn't matter. It's still body, right? That's right. So, that's um, true. That's but, true. Well, Alvin, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thank you, Coach. Thank you. So, um, you know, this was kind of a weird deal. You know, we had actually known each other now for uh, back when I was at Alabama, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You were the head Definitely. coach at Monsignor Pace. Correct. Tell us a little bit about your story, you know, mm -hmm. leave, growing up, right? going to Clarion, uh -huh. right? Correct. And uh, – and then playing two sports. Yeah, yeah. Tell, um, tell me about that a little bit. Well, you know, I was a, I was a two-sport guy in uh, high school, and uh, just uh, I always had a passion. Let them know where that was. Uh, it's in Miami. Uh, it, it, yeah. Mount Senior Pace. So, yeah, so, so, you know, back at his, you know, that's and I, I was pretty. I was pretty good. You know, <laughs> I'm, right. not, I'm not a – I don't like to – it's weird not to just jump around, but even the guys that I coach always say – you know, you really have to just like Google me to see like the statistics and to see what I've done. Cause I'm not going to tell you what I've done, but I say this. He'll tell you to Google it. Yeah, right? no, that's right. So, hey, but I always say this. Hey, I've never coached the receiver that caught more balls than me. And then a couple years ago, I had a guy catch a hundred balls, and I said, "Man, I, I, so I had to put that to rest." Can't put but that one on the resume. You can't anymore. put that on the resume. But I always said. Uh, you know, I caught 88 balls in my time, but uh, being a two-sport athlete, uh, it honestly it kept me uh, driven. 
uh, focused on the schoolwork, academics. Um, I had a passion for it. I always just wanted to be great. And, um, you know, uh, growing up in Miami, you always going to go through some adversity. So it kept me in the school system and it kept me focused. So uh, just having that chip. I always say I was, you know, coach probably would love coaching me, but because he know I'm going to make some plays for him on game day, but he has to get like that horse in the stable because, you know, you're going to have some chip and going to have some, some, some energy about me. And I think that's the way I coach still, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I have a passion for what we do. Um, so going to Clarion, the, the environment was different for me from Miami to Clarion University and have to, to adapt and adjust and probably the biggest thing was the weather and uh, just being, it was a culture, it was a culture shock for me. I'm not going to lie, just being, you know, inner city Miami, I was around the brothers on the football team and just the culture was different. My coaches was different the way I, they coached me. So I said, I have to learn and adapt in this environment because I really want to make it in football. And I always had a passion for track. So being talented. And always hearing that, well, what happens when the talent don't work? Well, I never wanted to be that guy that had the talent that never worked. So I said, I'm going to be a two-sport athlete, and I'm going to prove to you that come spring ball, that I can make all spring practices, I can make all track practices, I can make a track meet, and still go to practice the next day. And I never missed the practice. And I, I, I missed one game because I had shift splits, and I really couldn't go but I, I I was a two sport athlete it was pretty good you know hold some records broke broke a lot of records so how um, do you you know I mean you, you say that and yet at, at a young age how, how the heck do you get in a hall of fame I mean usually that's reserved for that guy you know that uh, like missed a year and he's only 58 now, right? <laughs> but but uh you know how, how the heck does that happen Cold. I mean, all I can tell you is there must not have been a lot of. Choices. I know, right? right. I, I don't know. I was a bad. I was a bad man. I was a bad man. I, mean, I just, you know, I turned. I always say I showed up to turn up, so I just made sure. And then practice. I love, like, even right now, I love practice, man. That's. I feel like that's why I, I, I learned how to to practice. I was driven at practice, and it, and it forced me to go out there and to be the best competitor that I can be. And I was gonna get it out of that defender, and if he didn't show up, I was going to let him know it's going to be a bad day if you don't show up. So you better compete with me because I'm competing every day because I wanted to be an All-American. When I was an All-American my sophomore year, I said, oh, we got issues because I'm at a small school. Like, I know I'm not supposed to be here, so I got to raise my level of competition. And so I ended up being a two-time All-American. And so. you, you being able to take that, but then not a lot of guys get an opportunity to go back home. Correct. Right? Correct. And you go back home and, and – through some circumstances, you know, become the head football coach right, at, at right. Monsignor Pace, right, right. which I think at the time was a basketball school. Yes, uh, yes, is yes, that yes, a fair that's statement? That's a fair statement. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair yeah. statement. And, uh, that's a fair statement. And then you go on to win that's a bunch state, of yeah, yeah, state titles. Yeah, we got a state and, title. Yeah. And um, uh, had a, a bunch of great players, and that's the kind of transition when I'm, I'm meeting you at that time. And uh, we, uh, we signed a lot of great players, and, and they were able to go on. Uh, particularly uh, meeting Coach Mack through through just the recruiting process, and um, some of the biggest ones, you know, uh, we go uh, eight and two or seven three. I can't remember, but I signed ten Division One guys, and I'm, I mean Oregon, Miami, you name it, LSU, and it was the it was just I felt like the the due diligence, the commitment. Working for my players, I always said, man, you work for me on that field, I'm gonna work for you off the field, and that was kind of the you know, I got you through and through uh, 
And and they needed to hear that. They needed to know that it, I, I was not just going to be a man of just words, but I was trying to put those actions behind that because I knew it was going to be important. So, you, you know, um, when did it hit you <coughs> that you say w- what you did for those kids down in that area, and I'm going to tell you this was awesome. And, and uh, having spent a lot of time in my life down there recruiting, not mm-hmm. living, but recruiting, cool. knowing those kids um, – what you gave back to them was was so awesome and yet you get an opportunity to go on and and work your craft in college Mm kind of what was that it had to be hard for you to leave your alma mater it was you know because the passion like and and this you know they always say it's never easy to leave uh, especially when you build something and you develop it and you and it's trust those guys trust in you you trust in them it's a relationship yeah. and it's hard to break that relationship uh but i just i i knew i wanted to get back in the college i knew that's something i really wanted to do and um i didn't want to live with the what ifs but it, it was hard so sitting down uh, with the family and having that long thought out process and then I just having the support system where they understood like a lot of guys was just you know uh teary-eyed um and wasn't you know really welcoming to it but they understood the career path that I wanted to do and uh, it made the you know the best of the situation what, what has it been I know um you know we talked a lot uh in this process just about you know, coming to Mount Pleasant is yeah. going to be a little bit different, yeah. you know, this and that. But what a couple of things that have stood out to you in your short time mm-hmm. here at being a Chippewa. Okay. Uh, the the homely feelings, right? When you out, people are always speaking. Uh, that's, I always say, you take, sometimes you take that for granted. No matter what city or town you're in, you know, people, you know, you would think because you're in a different town, some people may be a little more friendly or not. But since I've been here, and you will be more surprised that they know that you're a coach. And they're like, hey, coach. And I'm like, do they know how they know I'm a coach? Like, and it's just like, do you have that coach look? And I always say, maybe I have that coach voice, you know, that that, that kind of uh, voice that gets them. And they're like, hey, coach. But uh, that uh, being able to get to some, some nice little restaurants here and there, um, which been really helpful because I'm a I'm a big time eater. I like food, so uh, just we got a we got a food podcast. So make sure okay. you go back yeah, and that, listen. That's exactly uh, yeah. Max and Emily. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. you been there yet? No, no I have not. Okay, he's he's well, actually had some of their stuff because he does bring some stuff to the team. So. There you go. But okay. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll okay. get that one pointed yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Just from that perspective, that's that's been like the biggest thing. It's just how how welcoming like the people have been here. It's been real real good. How about uh, you know you you come in and obviously you you meet a new group of players. Obviously mm-hmm. a, yep. a a new facility. You know um, how's that been for you as far as that part? Uh, were you surprised at, at what we have here? Oh yeah, definitely. I, uh, it's an upgrade from where I, where I just came from for sure. Uh, but uh, it's definitely nice. But I you always say um, it doesn't. It's it's good to be in a new facility, a new building. But the expectations never change. And as long as the players come in with the same hunger, the same desire to win, and the, and the desire to compete every day, it doesn't matter if we keep expanding this place or you knock another wall down. But it's it's about just their work ethic, and, and if they bring that every day, that mentality, then that's going to make this culture fit for us. And hopefully, we change gears where we we 
we're consistently winning, you know, not just winning at one one season here or one season there, but we're consistently doing. Um, our players have been, they've been good, you know. Uh, I always say uh, that's the misery of great when you just say good, but we have to put consistency together, um, stacking good days on top of good days, and that's why we practice. And it's my job as a coach to get them right and to hold them accountable. So that's where we are. You know, I think the the people listening to this kind of figure out the passion, uh, you know, that Alvin has for it, and and what he's brought from an energy standpoint. Uh, Rob to Aikie, our guys. Alvin yeah, Slaughter, yeah. energy. Who's got yeah. more? Well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I have way more than Aikie. <laughs> That's I'm what I'm talking about. about man. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> That's exactly what and I'm I, talking I, about. I always go in there waking him up. That's right. Sleepy eyes. Mm-hmm. Don't come go. in with that sleepy baby eyes, man. No. <laughs> the competitiveness is yeah. perfect. That's right. oh, yeah, perfect. Definitely. Definitely. You got a new new group of guys here at yeah. CMU. Tell us about the group and what stood out to you so far. Uh, the young guys being with uh, Alec Ward, uh, Keandre, those guys, Nari, those guys has been, you know, it's been a learning process for them. So they're learning slowly. Uh, some of those guys first semester here with us. So learning the playbook and then going out there and executing it. Um, to the best of their ability, and then once again try to stack new, 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 you know, consistency on top of consistency, um, and that's probably the inability as a freshman, you know, because one minute you're doing something really good, then the next minute you're doing something really bad, so you end up just one step forward, two steps back, one step forward, so you feel like you're not really making any progress, but it is, it's just slow progress, but if you stay the course and don't deviate from it, you will end up seeing the progress at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I know there's a, there's a ton of talent in that wide receiving yes. room. And uh, as coaches said, there's a lot of new talent that yeah. that's coming into this football program mm-hmm. as well. So it seems yeah. like you got a lot to work with. Yeah, yeah. I just got to keep, uh, you know, grinding them, staying on top of them and trying to bring out the best of their ability, even if they don't want it. Just hold them, hold them accountable. All right, I got one more. I, I got to know about uh, just a little bit how you guys met and, and what drew you to coming back and working for Coach Mack, why you wanted to do that. Come on, you're doing a podcast, yeah, man. Yeah, you, know, yeah. you know why. I mean, you, I mean, what? He's going to – like, what's he going to say? He's <laughs> yeah. going to try to get a raise out of <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, right. Come my on, favorite part, my Best favorite. relationship guy. I mean, man. this guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, hey, he's going to hold He's going to hold the standard. This, this, is, this is one thing that I, I will say that I probably didn't know until I started working with him. He's going to hold his coaches accountable. He's going to hold their foot to the fire, just like he will hold the player's foot to the fire. We're going to run on and off the field. We're going to do all those things just like we expect of our players. You don't get that everywhere. You don't get that everywhere. I've been around a lot of head coaches. You don't get that everywhere. It speaks to why when he he came in, obviously the turnaround was so quick and how – it was like he snapped the fingers and oh, we're in the MAC championship game in year one. Pretty, pretty fun to watch. Yeah, turn around. And, and I, I, I told my wife, I said, man, I feel like I'm coaching the SEC right now. We're running around. We, I said, this thing is going. We get ready. I said, we get ready for Alabama and you know, practice too. It's like the sense of urgency. There's a sense of urgency, and you want to. And it's like the and I don't, I don't look at it as the pressure, but just the understanding because of the urgency and that we're trying to get this thing turned around and we want to get to the championship, that we understand where we need to be as coaches so we can go out there and function for our players. So it starts with us and it just trickles down. So that's – and I feel like that's the sense of urgency. So getting here and after going through the first practice, I'm like, man, and we're two-spot and we're three-spot and we're going around, I'm like, whew. I'm like, okay, I got it. I'm like, man, I ain't never been, you know. Track and I'm just, and I'm, and I'm thinking, mentally, I'm like, I'm looking at arrows and everything, and I'm just like, emotionally, it's just going. But I'm like, you know what? 
probably wouldn't have it any other way because it gets me out of my comfort zone as a coach. And it makes me coach a different way. So that challenges me, and it's been good. So like now, as as I'm on the back end, now I'm slowly getting a better understanding of it. But I like it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ch- uh, change it for anything. The way we're practicing, and the way it is, and the way he holds us, us accountable. I think it's going to benefit the whole team. You know, the biggest piece of that is is, and I knew as an assistant, the times when. You created chaos, and the reason you create the chaos is you hope the game now slows down for you. And and ultimately, any time you can do that, um, I think it helps all of us. And the way we practice is it's chaotic, and yet part of that is is understanding sudden change, part of that which happens in a game, part of that is understanding you've got to you know, clear the noise and focus on the detail and the task at hand. And, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I, I just, uh, we got a great staff here. And like I've said, uh, been really fortunate to get some great guys yeah. just like Alvin in this building. Well, certainly can, as Coach mentioned, hear your passion, your energy, and uh, we're excited to have you up here in Mount Pleasant and look thank forward you. to seeing what you can do with that talented group you got. Yeah, thank you. Thank no pressure, right? Absolutely <laughs> not. Keep, you always talented group, talented group. Right. I feel you. You, as Coach Mack, this is what I do. I <laughs> hey, pressure. Hey, hey that, the running back group is pretty talented too. That's though. what he you was know, saying. Like, yeah. Come on, man. You, you, know what, you know what, though? He usually like goes ahead and just throws like a disclaimer out, like, hey, this is going to be kind of a weird question. <laughs> Like, then why I ask it, it right? right? <laughs> I got to preface it before yeah. Coach Matt gives me that side-eyed look. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, right? It's like a like, talented group. So if they underperformed, then it's like that guy could not do nothing. I mean, it's just constant right, pressure, right? right? It's constant pressure. Whether it's Adam or me, it's oh, constant man. pressure. So now in the next three practices, I'm just saying, hey, this is the most talented group here. Like, hey. Welcome <laughs> to Central Michigan. There yeah, you right? go. Right? The expectations is through the ceiling right now. I love it. I love it. Well, we wouldn't have it any other way. And, again, uh, from all of us here, you'll you'll meet more of the community and, okay. and feel like a family. And uh, we're certainly fortunate to have you here. Thank you. Well, the energy, the passion, the enthusiasm, all the above from Alvin Slaughter. What a great get. He's another addition to, as you've mentioned so many times, Coach, uh, a stellar coaching staff here in Mount Pleasant. Yeah, just uh, really fortunate to, to get these guys and, and – uh, you know, like we talked about, even when we had some openings, the interest, um, you know, was was quite honestly very overwhelming and uh, in some ways very humbling. You know, that that's the quality of the guys that, that want to join us. And, and I think that's a testament to, you know, the university, but most importantly, the people in this community and, and uh, the words out there. It's a great place to be. You know, it's cliche because everyone says the same thing, but for someone like him to pick up on how quickly he felt a part of this community, the family, yeah. he said it, just walking around. He's like, I, I don't even know anybody yet, and they already know I'm in the football program as well, a coach. And, and you really – you can tell people that, just like I was told when I took the job, uh, was being recruited to take the job. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you're skeptical because, you know, I mean, shoot, it's recruiting. You may tell them anything, right? Uh, but they weren't lying, man. The people in this town, the people that, that support this university, um, what a great place. And, and uh, you know, it's interesting. I get questions all the time, you know. I, 
you know, how long, you know, whatever. And I'm like, what am I, do you, do you want to get rid of me? I like it here. <laughs> so I'm, That's I'm good. fine. Because you know? so, anytime I know? get asked, yeah. uh, how long Coach Mack, yeah. oh, he's staying forever. Yeah, That's, because uh, of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, because our, our goal is to drive this over 50 listeners. If we can get that done. Then you're never leaving. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable, right? right. I need yeah. to get it signed Can in writing. Can we get that done? <laughs> Hold on. Coach Mack said if we get plus 50 on the podcast, it's never leaving. That's right. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, as we sit here, shout out in the Don and Mary Harder Hospitality Suite in our brand-new Chippewa Champion Center. We've got not one, not two, but three televisions here on this Masters Sunday with – Jim Nance and the CBS coverage of the Masters. Coach, I'm a big sports fan. You're a big sports fan, but uh, you've been to Augusta. You've played Augusta. Yeah. What makes that course in this tournament so special? Because yeah. I, I know you like to watch it. Tradition like no other. And, and you know, I, I was so fortunate to be given the opportunity to go and actually uh, spend two nights there uh, on the grounds. Um uh, Played three set, uh, three days, including the part three, and and uh, you know I, I I it's hard to put into words, and you hear all the time about how television really doesn't do it justice, and yet you look at it and it's gorgeous, right? Well, when you're there in person, it's it it t literally takes your breath away um, to see. Like some of these bunkers that they show, I've got some pictures of where I'm in it. Okay, I'm not a very good golfer, <laughs> right? But, I mean, these things are huge, and yet you don't really see that. Mm -hmm. um, the greens, I mean, I, I just I can remember the, the caddy, you know, you, you may be looking straight ahead, and he's going, no, here's what I want you to do. I want you to aim over here, and I want you to die the ball. They'd take their hand and put it on the green and say, die it right here. And you go, well, wait a minute. The hole's over there. <laughs> and he's saying, no, just listen to me, right? <laughs> and so sure enough, you know, you kind of hit it to where he tells you. And there's no break that you would see. And all of a sudden, the ball's going to turn exactly where it, it It was amazing. And, uh, you know, the, the first day we were there, I, I found this just kind of earth-shattering. Uh, the, the people that work who – it's amazing. They do their research on you, and they know you, and they know your likes and everything. But uh, one of the guys in in uh, in the bar there um, said, "Man, this is just we're we're smashed. I mean, we've yeah. got unbelievable." And I looked, and there were 13 members there that day. Okay, now realize this: each member can only have three people on the grounds with them. Okay. Mm. And they were swamped. Wow. It was busy, right? And they have the names, you know, of the of the members that are there up on a board. And uh, I'm thinking to myself, you know, the munis I play, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to think there might be, you know, 13 foursomes that are going to play that day. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> unbelievable. But I, I, I. I I look back at the pictures and, and the memories, and I tried as much as I could on each hole to kind of sit and take it in, uh, look around. So now every time you watch it uh, every year, 
I kind of giggled myself, you know, about some of the places that maybe these guys have never played those holes <laughs> from. Okay, right. because I'll hook the heck out of the ball. <laughs> and uh, and it, it, it was great. Um, you know, you, it, I could go on forever, but it was – the the year I played uh, was two weeks right after Jordan Spieth took a 12 on 12 mm -hmm. that year. Um, and I remember the first time uh, up when we went around and my caddy said, you know, they were just in the process of taking the azaleas out because they actually take all the everything out, get them ready for the next year. They They actually have an accelerant to make them bloom at this time and all that. And... He says, look, for your first time at 12, here's what you're going to do. I think it was uh, playing 152 that day, that particular, 157 that particular day. And he said, look, just left to the sand trap and pounded into the hill. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. He said, don't worry about this crick. Just pound it into the hill and it'll bleed right back down onto the green. And sure <laughs> enough, I just drilled it into the side hill. You know, I mean, wasn't how you were supposed to play it, but it all worked out. There you go. That's uh, it, it is amazing to see these guys, even if they get in the sand, those big bunkers, or if they're in the woods, somehow they're still parring. Sometimes they're even oh. still birding. It's like they make it look so freaking easy no, out there. It it is uh, it it is amazing. And and uh, you know you, you you go down for breakfast. Of course, you know for whatever you're going to play that day, and and. Uh, now you walk in and they ask you what you want, and I remember uh, having a conversation the day before when we were eating, and you know, just we got in the discussion of grits, home fries, shredded hash browns. Right? A great and, conversation. You know, I mean, to just have. and we're just talking. You know, the four of you all sit mm -hmm. together and in, in uh, you know the second day going in, and you know, just hey. I, you know, eggs over easy, and and before I could get to the next step, he said, uh, "Coach, um, we went ahead and got your hash browns for you because they only had grits and home fries the day before." I, which, you know, I'm like, "How does how do they? You know, where where does this come from?" Right. I mean, the hospitality is incredible, and uh, you know, I spent some time obviously with the caddies and some of the workers. It's kind of I felt more comfortable, you know, um, in, in that setting. But those guys are just great. And, uh, man, it was a blast. It is pretty uh, pretty cool to, to watch this event every single year. And you're just always wowed by something, whether it's a player, whether it's a shot or a picture. Uh, you mentioned that you got a picture. So I have to ask, did you did you take one on the Hogan Bridge? Because that yeah. is the spot. Got it, got it right here. Got a couple of them. Um, you know, on all three days, you know, both with our group. Yeah. And, and um, you know, he had me stand up there solo one time. Or, uh, they, like I said, the caddies are <laughs> incredible. I mean, just great guys. I mean, they, I remember coming up 18, and uh, it was the last day because, you know, they get to know your game pretty good. They meet you out on the, you know, on the driving range, just watch you swing. And, of course, my guy was like, oh, I got this guy, right? <laughs> but, uh, uh, um, you know, we're hitting into 18, and I did my typical on my second and hooked the ball um, into the ninth fairway, and I had to hit over the bunker to get on. Took and, the scenic route. And, yeah, to, you know, play some areas that no one really played that hole from before. And uh, But he, he hands me my hybrid, and uh, he says, here, just, drop, just put it right over the bunker. And I said, no, 
give me a five iron. You know, I got to <laughs> get something. He, he says, no. I mean, we start arguing. I said, give me that. So sure enough, I hit the five iron. I said, yeah, I'll show you. You know, now I'm challenged, right? Um, I hit the five iron. I was probably a six iron. It was a six iron. And, and uh, I hit it on the screws. I hit it perfect. And sure enough, it goes and hits right at the top of the sand. And, you know, right on that bunker and comes back in. And he just looked at me and threw me the, the hybrid and said, here. <laughs> you know, so, oh, man, it was classic. That is, pre- that is pretty yeah. special. But, uh, wow. Well, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. We're sitting here. I think uh, the, the leaders are six, seven, eight holes in. We'll see who wins it this year. Some new names at the top of the leaderboard, and uh, can't wait to see how it finishes. Coach, this what, week. What's next now? We've got the Derby coming up. That's always yep. the first Saturday in May. And I would strongly encourage if anybody get an mm-hmm. opportunity, you know, as far as events, you talk about the greatest two minutes in sports. Yeah. And I don't know anything about horse racing. Uh, I just go for the mint juleps. Yeah, yeah. well, I'll tell you what, one time I might have had too many of those. <laughs> but uh, um, at the same time, um, when that happens, and they say the greatest two minutes in sports, mm-hmm. it is. I mean, you know you're seeing and witnessing something special. It's kind of a great time of year when you think about that. Yeah. You know, you've got baseball going. I love that, obviously. We know and, your attachment to the and, NHL. Uh, those playoffs are coming up. Those are coming up, and the Coyotes right now are in position. That's my son-in-law who works for the Coyotes. And, uh, you know, they're right now in position to actually make the playoffs for his second year, which is shocking <laughs> based on what what they have to go through. But, uh, um, you know, you look at the Masters and you start to think about the Derby. Uh, we'll get the draft coming up here, yep. uh, which I think was a great move by the National Football League to kind of put it in a time frame that, you know, it really doesn't kind of go up against a lot. Yep. And uh, so it's 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 good. Plus, we get a finished spring practice. We'll finish up here this next week and uh, get our guys ready for their finals. They'll get, uh, you know, basically the month of May, you know, is theirs. Uh, and then we'll start back up, and and we'll get that new set of Chippewas coming in here and, and get them indoctrinated into the program uh, here uh, during that second week of June. And let's not forget, uh, before we know it, NBA playoffs will be here as well. It's just a, a great time to get back to, as you've mentioned it, what we lost and have sports on the calendar and uh, always be able to turn the television on and have some competitions going on. It's a fun time. No, it's fantastic. That's going to wrap up the podcast. We uh, we appreciate you stopping in once again, Coach. Rumor has it that I need to get out and come watch you guys practice. Yeah, I think we ought to do that. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, come out on Friday. Is that yeah. what you're thinking? Yeah, I think uh, so. Because you've stiffed me for Sunday next week. <laughs> uh, I get that. but, uh, um, but uh, I'm going down to the Masters yeah, actually yeah, playing yeah. Augusta. Right, there you go. Sunday, All right. Well, you got to set your priorities. Uh, but at the same time uh, – Maybe get you, maybe even get Brock out. Yeah. You think we might be able to coax him um, off the couch? Well, you, you remember his commitment status back yeah, in the fall that's when he right. was supposed to come on these shows. <laughs> and, uh, that's right. His, his attendance, I think, back like his college days, yeah. not so great. Yeah, you know what? Um, <laughs> you know, wise man once told me you can always take a class over. You can never repeat a weekend. That's, so, you know, that's that correct. happens. But, uh, uh, no, maybe you guys get up there and uh, – in uh, hopefully what's soon to be Don's 
home press box or, or media yes. box, yes. right? And yep. um, uh, maybe you guys call some of the action a little bit with some of the things that are going on and we can piece some of that together and put it on the podcast for the people next to that following Tuesday. Absolutely. Checking out the chips. Can't wait to see it. Coach, you guys have a great week of practice, and uh, we'll do this again next week. All right. Look forward to it. Thanks.